What's up, everybody? This is your host, Rosie, the Haitian Mama, and you're listening to Season 3 of Mama Life, a show about the ups and downs of motherhood. If you're a new listener, welcome, and thank you so much for tuning in. For my returning listeners, thank you for sticking with me on this journey. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome to another episode of Mama Life. Okay, so today we are talking about right-sizing your expectations when it comes to kids. Now, what does that mean exactly? Well, I'm going to tell you guys in a little bit, but first, let me just bring on my guest. Uh, her, she is a mom of three, and she is the author of I Love My Kids, But I Don't Always Like Them. Please welcome Frankie Baghdad. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. You are very welcome. You're very welcome. Now, I started on your book and I love it. Now, um, why, why did you decide to write this book? So, I started my company, Fab Consulting, in October of 2019 and I started with a blog and I loved it so much. I've always loved storytelling and communicating, but I really can't spell. I'm a terrible speller and it always held me back at school, but blogs are so casual. I feel like I could write in my own voice and I enjoyed that so much. And I started to realize that I had a bigger story to tell. The blog just wasn't cutting it. And I figured, you know, why not? I've taken so many risks this year. I started a new business. I'm going to try it. I feel like I'm onto something. I've learned some tricks along the way in my career. I've started to figure out how to bring them into my house and help me with parenting. And I wanted to share it. Okay, now I started your book and I read <laughs> I read when you said that, you know, you had your first child and, you know, it was perfect and, you know, <laughs> they didn't cry that much. But right. for me, but for me, it was like way different. Like my first child could not stop crying. I thought I brought a different child home from the hospital. Uh-huh. So that was that was different for me. And I was like, oh my God, like <laughs> how come hers, you know, hers didn't even cry. You know what? It's okay because everybody um, has her challenge somewhere. And um, no, don't worry. She was an easy baby, but she's not all that easy anymore. I tell her all the time. Um, No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, you know, I my first child had an easy baby temperament. And my husband and I joke all the time. We thought we, it was because of us. Like we thought we were just awesome, but some of it's luck. Um, and then we had our second child and it was completely different. And I, I really was caught off guard. I didn't really think about the fact that I might have another baby that has a different personality. Um, and we had all those struggles that most of my friends had with their first kid. You know what, to piggyback on that, like the second child is different. Like mine's is like totally different. It's like, there's like a different child in the house. It's like a different attitude. It's like, like it's completely different. Like when they said the second child is going to be different, they were not lying. 
<laughs> they were not. And I have three, and I'm telling you, they are all so different. I feel like I really have to be a different parent for all three of them. Okay, so I was, you know, I love the book, and I just started reading it because the way the way I'm doing with my kids, I'm like, well, maybe you know, it sounds like you got it like down pat, but I know like no mom oh has God. it down pat, you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, what if you came up with a method, and when your kids are, you know, throwing tantrums and everything, what encouraged you to come up with this method? And could you let my audience on this method? Because you're like, the first thing she said, y'all, she said, you know, you have to ignore your kids. Well, not, you know, ignore them, like pretend you don't hear them, but just ignore them. So, you know, they'll stop crying. So let my audience know more about that. Yeah, sure. And I don't mean like, totally ignore and go up on your day like no yeah. <laughs> our kids are crying however sometimes like a little bit um of a break for a kid just so they can collect themselves is really really helpful so my second child i started to share like really was the tantrum queen um lots of crying and it was so different than my first and I work in education. I have a master's in special education. I've worked with children who've been kicked out of many schools for behavior. So I've been a behavior expert for so many years, but with my own child, I found myself to being totally clueless. It was like I had to start over again. So my youngest child really struggled with what, a, you know, emotional regulation. It seemed to me like, she was okay and then all of a sudden she was really overwhelmed and really tearful and I would try to talk her through it and it didn't help at all. So what I realized and I knew this professionally but I had to learn it over again as a parent is when a child is that upset you're not going to get anywhere with words. They really just need a moment. It's kind of like if you think about yourself as an adult when you're really worked up about something and someone tries to like reason you through it, anything they say is wrong, right? Because you just want to be mad for a second. Well, so the kids are just like that. So I certainly take a moment and will look at them and say, hey, dude, like you look really upset right now. Or I can tell you're angry. Something validating, something saying that, yes, I noticed them. I may offer a hug, but then I really give them space. So some kids will want the space and like walk away on their own. Um, Gabby was really great at knowing that she needed space. And I just say, hey, Gab, like you need to take a seat over here and just let me know when you're ready to talk and calm down. It wasn't like punitive. It was really positive. We got into a rhythm. My youngest did not like that. <laughs> like I, I walked away from him when he was upset. He would literally follow me around the house. Oh, so no. it was like letting him have his, his, emotional space but maybe being in the same room with him while he calmed down if i noticed he was still escalating and even though he wanted to be there i could tell it wasn't helping sometimes i would just go about what i need to do and unload the dishwasher and feed the dog and do what i ever have to do and i'm going to tell him and give him a warning like dude you're really upset right now so i'm not responding to you i know that's tough but i need to wait until you're calm 
And if he chooses to still follow me around, I, I sort of act like he's invisible until I hear him calm down. And then I know it's time for us to really discuss what's going on. Oh my, like, <laughs> I think I've tried that like every once in a while, but I don't think it really, it really worked. Like every, every kid is different, but I did try the um, distracting, the distracting yeah. really worked. Yeah, yeah. This, the distracting words. <laughs> yeah, and that's why there's about five ideas in there. And honestly, in my own experience with my kids in the classroom, at camp, all the different things I've done, it's usually a combination of them. And you're right. Like, not the reason there's so many ideas is that every child's different, every situation's different. Distracting is an amazing tool. It is an um, amazing. I love it. <laughs> So easy. I feel like it's an easy one to forget. That's why I put it in there. Now you said there are five. Could you list them for us? Because we only know the ignore it and the distract. Yeah, I actually have my book here, so I can remember which ones I like. <laughs> it's so funny when you write a book, it goes through so many edits that I don't even remember what I put in here. Um, okay, so yes, we have that the, the ignoring. Um. All right, so the first step is validating, right? And that's just that quick, like naming what's going on. And so they know that you see them. You know, I can see you're really upset. Uh, would you like a hug? Or I get it, you don't wanna do your homework, I, I'm, but we, we have to in our, in our um, home, that's important. Um, the next idea is that ignoring, if that's what seems like it may work with your child. Sometimes when you really need them to do something and they are just digging their heels in and so upset, I use that broken record technique. And it's like, I'll talk to you when you're calm. I'll talk to you when you're calm. I'll talk to you when you're calm. And really it's sort of monotonous, but they do tend to, to calm down because I have had my own kids like screaming in my face, why aren't you talking to me? Like they want me to talk to them, but I know they're not in the place to actually hear me. Um, distracting, which you shared, and it, it could be anything. Like, wow, your hair looks awesome. Let's get it all spiky right now. Um, did you wear your new shoes to school? What did your teacher say? Just anything that you know might be of interest to them. Um, and even like being playful and silly. Uh, choices. So if you need your kid to take a bath, and they're having a meltdown about it instead of you know just saying we're taking a bath right now saying all right um it is 1 p.m would you like to take your bath now or at 1 15 right little choices it doesn't really matter to me as a parent it helps the child feel like they're in control and really what's a theme in the book is doing your best to plan ahead so there are certain, we start to see patterns with our kids and know certain things may lead to tantrums. And being aware of that, we may be able to plan ahead. Some kids like need constant snacks. So we do our best to have extra snacks in the car in case we forgot to pack them. Um, some kids don't like crowds. So we may uh, take them to a location before it's crowded or warn them of what it might be like. It's setting those expectations ahead of time. Okay, now, okay, so we talked about downsizing. You talked about downsizing expectations in a book. Now, what do you mean by that? 
Oh, okay. So it's right sizing. Yeah, right sizing. sizing. Oh my god, I, I I kept saying downsizing in my mind. Yes, right sizing expectations. Right. So really, what that comes down to is sort of this phenomenon we were talking about in the beginning is that every child's different, right? One three-year-old's not going to compare to the next three-year-old. doesn't matter if those three-year-olds go to the same school and maybe have the same gender or even the same parent. Every kid is different. Um, some of our children have disabilities and difficulties, but even you know one child with autism is going to be different than the next child with autism. So really making sure that we know that. So I use tools like developmental milestones, knowing what's appropriate to expect for a five-year-old, for example. I use that as one tool. Um, and the reason I bring that up is sometimes as parents, we don't know what's appropriate, right? Like, it's such a funny thing. Many of us have no background in education or child development and they hand us a baby and expect us to know everything, right? So we may wanna use a tool like the CDC has um, developmental milestones, the American Academy of Pediatrics, your pediatrician, all of these great sources to understand what makes sense for my children at different ages. But then we wanna recognize them as these awesome, unique, individuals. So it, you may read somewhere that, you know, a two-year-old should have three word sentences, but maybe your two-year-old isn't there yet. Maybe they're struggling with their language, but they're running circles around the other kids. They're really active. So you need to know not to expect that kind of language communication with them, but maybe teach them how to point and use gestures and communicate with you a different way. So it's just really understanding who your child is. And that's so much more fair to the child, but also it helps us as parents. If our expectations aren't appropriate, then we're constantly going out with our kids, expecting things that aren't possible and coming home angry and exhausted exhausted so it really goes both ways and and you also mentioned in the book about you know telling the kids what to expect especially if you go you know to the store or on vacation so they won't really get their whole side or think they're gonna get something when they're not really getting something mm -hmm. yes and you know, that's one that really is not so hard. It doesn't take too much time, but it's so easy to forget in um, busy life. And I was on another podcast a few months ago and I was talking with this toast and we both were saying, as our kids got older, we forget that stuff. We sort of assume, yes. right? We assume like, oh, they're seven now, like they get it. You know, no, not necessarily. Even my teen needs to know what I expect. So I may say to, I have two teens in my house now, and I may say, hey, we're going to grandma's house. Um, grandma and grandpa haven't seen you guys for a long time. So they're gonna wanna ask you questions about your trip. So when you're done eating, you can't just get up and go sit mm -hmm. and phone because that will hurt their feelings. So I expect you to answer the questions, even if you don't want to, right? Like you're explaining what you expect so they know how to please you. So you're not, they're not, uh, you're not upset with them and they're not sitting there confused, wondering how they got in trouble. So it works for older kids as well. When we travel, I really share expectations quite a lot and sort of walk the kids through as much as I can 
when we might be waiting and it might be boring when there'll be lines it doesn't mean they like the lines but at least it's not a total shock to them so um you know if we have to go to target and get school supplies it really makes my life much easier if i tell the children you're not getting a new lunchbox because we checked and they're all in good shape so that way they may still ask again when I'm there, but I won't expect like the big meltdown in the lunchbox section because in their mind, they thought that's what we were doing. Yes, and I think it's a very important concept in your book because I think every parent needs to talk to their kids, even though they say that, you know, they're small, you know, they don't need to talk to them. Like they want to do things their way because they're grownups and the kids shouldn't be included in that conversation. But I think it's important because the kids feel that they're a part of it and they know that, you know, if you tell them what's going on, they won't be lost, like you said. Right. And I, I've been talking to my kids that way since they were infants. And of course, I like didn't always have um, communication back that they got it. But I would say, okay, we're going to change your diaper now. Oh, I know you don't like it, but we have to do it to keep you clean. All right. I'm putting you in the crib because you're tired. You need to sleep. And you know, they may still cry. They're babies. But that it's still, it's the way they learn language. It's the way they learn and understand that people are gonna have some expectations for them. So I really started to get into that habit when they're young. And now I'm working to remember that they're continually going through new phases and the expectations are changing. So when my nine-year-old runs away from dinner, the minute he's done, you know, his grandparents get it a little more, right? So I have my like 15 year old knows that she can't get away with that so we're always really helping our kids and educating them on what's expected of them now what is the most important thing for a parent to know or to do when it comes to to kids I really think this right-sizing expectations is so key. Really understanding who your child is, um, and that way you can really stop focusing on what's not going well and start seeing the amazing things about them. And it really, you know, changes things and makes you feel more positive about them. You know, the title of the book is "I Love My Kids, But I Don't Always Like Them," and that's. <laughs> Right? We've all feel that way. We just don't want to get stuck in the I don't like them place. Um, some phases are harder than others, but I talk in the book a lot about learning how to like your kid again, um, stopping the power struggle, understanding who they are, finding things they do well, and then finding that special few moments to spend with them so that you can enjoy them and enjoy the parenting process more. Yes, and I think that's important rather than, you know, yelling at the kid like 24-7, like find out what's, you know, what's bugging them, like what's making you want to, you know, go off. What's yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why, right? Like, I think so, so many times as parents, we're like, oh, they're misbehaving. I got to do something about it. But before you get to that, why? Like, why are they having a hard time? That's really important. 
and as a parent that was that was my biggest struggle because well i have boys and they're like all over the place so yeah. when they do something i'm quick to like yell at them and and then i i, I took a, i had to take a step back i was like okay when i was small i hated when my parents just yelled at me yeah. when they don't even understand what's going on so, right. so I have to learn to talk to him as in what's wrong. Now my six-year-old comes to me and says he's so angry and he tells me why he's angry, which I think is important yeah. that yeah. he's expressing himself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's exactly what we want them to be able to do. And sometimes they struggle with it, even once they learn that skill. But I think what you said is so important. We just take a step back. It's We're never going to be perfect. Um, I wrote this book and I'm still going to yell at my kids sometimes because, yes. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's about them. They're being extra difficult. Sometimes it's about me. I'm exhausted and burnt out. So I do apologize to them when I feel like I've, you know, overreacted or really not been appropriate. We have a good conversation about it, but I also do try to catch myself. And if I'm not being rational, like if I'm not regulated, I just take a time out. I'm like, you know, we got to finish this conversation later. And I remove myself. Now, what advice do you have for new parents? Uh, so I think I was such a blessed new parent because I did have other parents around who um, were also having like their first child or their second child. And some of it was luck for us where um, my husband had a lot of, you know, longtime friends who, who were having kids and I had a few. And so we were, it was easy for us to sort of find that village, but it's not for everyone. And so I really recommend you look at your community resources and find those other parents. Um, some of the local hospitals have parent support groups, um, local community groups. If you're religious and part of a church or a synagogue, a lot of them do as well. And also another outlet, which is really cool, is social media. You can find some great parenting groups. Um, I just recommend you're careful about some of the noise that will come towards you, right? Like. There's lots of parenting pages, and sometimes we start to feel overwhelmed with all the different answers to how to handle things. But I also really love those just great um, community Facebook groups where people put out there like, you know, hey, my, my son is eight, and all of a sudden we're having trouble sleeping. Has this happened to anyone else? And you get some like non-judgmental great parenting advice. So whatever format it looks like, whether it's in person, whether they're people you've always known or people you just get to know, find some people who are going through it at the same time as you. Yes, that's that's very important, especially for new parents, because some people don't have, you know, we we babies don't come with books. So no. if we could find sources, yeah. just and we could find people that are going through the same thing, and we could talk about it, it's very helpful. It is, and a podcast like this, where you share honestly, like what you're going through and what's helped you, I think those are great tools too. So I, I, I think like they podcasts weren't a thing when I had my first child, but I would have loved to like, you know, in any moment found a topic that resonated with me. I think those are great too. 
Oh my God, yes. And that's exactly why I, you know, I did this podcast for moms that are looking, you know, just to listen to conversations like this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And to end this, well, we're going to do the right sizing expectations thing. <laughs> one little tad bit, like one little advice for all parents with kids. Like, don't feel like you have to compare your kids with others because like mm-hmm. we explained earlier, every kid is different. You know, we just have to know what to expect. So, yes, don't feel like you have to compare your kids to others because no no kid is the same. Mm-hmm. Like and that's every- why, um, yeah. Yes, everybody's unique. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you have to add on to it? Um, yeah, I agree. So, you know, if you're worried, if you feel like maybe your child is not keeping up, go to someone who has the expertise to answer that. You know, don't worry because someone on social media said it or because maybe you did unfortunately end up, you know, talking to a judgy mom. Go to your pediatrician, talk to your child's daycare teacher or preschool teacher, ask an expert. And, you know, most of the time things are good. And if there's something that they're concerned about, they'll talk to you about it. And there's lots of great support out there. So don't be afraid to ask questions of the experts. Definitely. Now, thank you so much for being on the show. And I know that you are on a book tour. So let my audience know more about that. And also let my audience know where they can find you. Awesome. So I have been doing amazing podcasts like this and some Instagram lives. If they go to my uh, website, www.fabconsulting.com, on my media page, all of the other podcast interviews I've done about the book are up there. So you can, um, maybe it'll be a cool way to find some other podcasts that you love, like Mama Life, um, and some articles that I've written, and some in-print book interviews about the book. Um, I love my kids, but I don't always like them. Is available on Amazon, at Burns & Noble, at all of the big book retailers. Um, or give it a Google because some of your local privately owned bookshops are carrying it too. And it's always nice to support a small business. All right. So once again, thank you so much for being here. We really enjoyed having you. And you guys, please go check her book out. Trust me, it is. It's a great read. Yeah. All right. And we are out. It's story time. Y'all ready for this? All right. So my husband was helping my three-year-old zip his jacket up. And my three-year-old dug in his nose and took a booger and handed it to my husband. Now, my husband thought that my three-year-old was giving him something to throw away. So when he looked at it, he realized that it was snut. And then he was like, oh, my God, why did you just give me a booger from your nose? (laughs) Kids, right? (laughs) So, yeah, that's what happened. My three-year-old just took a booger 
from his nose and just handed it to my husband like it was like it was a gift or something. Like really, dude. <laughs> Kids, I tell you, never a dull moment. Time for the inspirational quote of the day. Let's get inspired. All right, so today's inspirational quote states, temper tantrums, however fun they may be to throw, rarely solve whatever problem is causing them. Think about that, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to season three of Mama Life. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to support this podcast, please share it with others. Don't keep it to yourself. And wherever you're listening, please remember to rate, subscribe, and leave a review. And to catch all the latest from me, please follow me on Instagram at Mama Life Plus Three and catch me on YouTube at Mama Life Plus 3, Life of Moms. And as always, take care of each other, and most importantly, take care of them kids.